so people at shows will come up to me and like you saved me you know you life saved me but to me like I feel like I have a million times over been saved by you know the audience and the listeners Hey there, welcome to Rave Culture Cast, your weekly guide to the EDM community, music festivals, and more. Hosted by me, Emma Capotis. Each week, I'll be covering everything from dance music culture, industry news, trending topics, and festival tips, advice, and reviews. You can also expect to hear stories from ravers, artists, business owners, and more. Tune in every Wednesday for your weekly dose of peace, love, unity, and respect. Hey guys, welcome back to Rave Culture Cast, your weekly guide to the EDM community, music festivals, and more. I am your host, Emma Capotis. Happy Wednesday, fam. How are we all feeling? I I can't even stress to you how excited I am for the next few episodes. Spoiler alert, we've got a lot of artists coming out, guys. I didn't mean for it to happen this way, but I have been having the time of of my life recording these interviews and it's been so amazing so I hope you guys are all hype for what's to come today is no different I'm gonna tease our our artists in just a second but quick recap on what what's been going on um I'm a little tired today I had a huge show in the city this weekend so I was at my is this my third Elro show? My second in New York, but Elro was here for their North American tour. Uh, they were playing at Avant Gardner and it was all things house music and confetti and all of the amazing things that Elro is. Um, and I got to work this event, work this event with my company, um, the gray area that I work for. And it was just like iconic. I will never get sick of it. It is the best time ever. So I am going to have a vlog coming out from that show. But again, the raspy voice is back because we just are going to shows nonstop and it's ridiculous. So that's what I got up to this past weekend. Um, what else is going on? Honestly, I'm not going to lie to you. It's crazy right now because the holidays are coming up. So there's a lot of things happening, but to be honest with you, I, I'm in like full-blown wedding planning mode because I'm getting married in January. So that's a lot. Like a lot of things are happening. It's all really, really exciting, but um, that's picking up a lot. And then, yeah, I have a lot of like life updates for you guys. Um, I'm also going to be getting a puppy very soon. So I believe we're picking them up like early to mid-February, but that's a really big life event that's going to be happening as well. So, so many things this month, next month, February, like it's going to be crazy, but um, we've got plenty of shows and really exciting stuff coming up for you. So that's kind of like behind the scenes what's been going on. It's been a lot. It's been really crazy. I've been a little stressed out, but um, being here and doing the job that I do like makes everything better. So I'm so excited that I get to do this. All right. Before I jump into today's interview, uh, really quickly, I want to talk about a few things. So if any of you guys need tickets to any of the following shows, I have an affiliate link with Insomniac. So um, Okeechobee is the next one. I have Beyond Wonderland, SoCal, and I have EDC Las Vegas 2022. So if you guys need any tickets to those shows, I've got you. I will put a link down below in the show notes. Um, if you want to buy your tickets through a friend, it directly supports me. So thank you guys so much for doing that. 
Uh, what else? Uh, this is the last call for submissions for the final episode of the year, which is my best of EDM, my best of dance music. So if you guys want to submit, I have a post up in the Facebook group or you can send me an email to raveculturecast at gmail.com. Um, you guys can feel free to leave a voice memo as well. If you just want to quickly record a voice memo, that works as well. We'll put that in the podcast. Um, so I want to know your favorite artist, album, collaboration, track, and new artist for 2021. Those are all the things. So get your submissions in. I can't wait to work on that episode. I love doing it every year. So that's what's going on this week. Um, And then lastly, my music recommendation. So this week I have another set recommendation for you guys. Um, I've watched the set twice now and I absolutely love it, but um, highly recommend checking out Sophie Tucker's Firefly set. They uploaded it to their YouTube channel and it's so fucking good. It's one of their live sets. So Sophie sings and plays instruments and Tucker sings and it's so fun. Um, So yeah, so that is up on their YouTube channel. Highly recommend checking it out if you guys just want something like fun and upbeat and it just puts you in a good mood. So I've been loving that. Um, And I think that's it for announcements today. I'm going to dive right into the episode here. So today I'm incredibly honored to have an amazing singer, songwriter, mental health advocate who goes by Elohim. She's incredible and she's such a sweet human being. She had the best energy. It was so lovely speaking with her and meeting with her, meeting with her. Uh, I love her music. I'm really, really excited about the new EP that she just dropped. So definitely go check it out and support it. Um, But yeah, I'm so excited to share her story. She really, really is a very vulnerable artist. She's extremely creative and you can just tell that from speaking with her. So she's going to talk all about like her upbringing and how she got into music and then how that transferred into becoming um, a musician and an artist. And she does deal with severe anxiety um, and panic attack disorder, I believe. So she had a really tough time, you know, getting on stage and performing and dealing with that. So she she shares a lot about that. Um, and we do speak about mental health. So her message is extremely important. And I'm so honored to have her on the podcast to share it. So please go show Elohim some love and support. I'm going to have all her links down below. Uh, and with all that being said, please join me in welcoming her to the podcast. Oh, cool. Okay. So let's just dive right into things, guys. So today I'm joined by mega, mega talented singer, songwriter, musician, um, DJ, director, mental health advocate. <laughs> he does it all. Please welcome Elohim to the podcast. Hi, thank you so much for having me. Yes. Thank you so much for being here. Uh, I know you're coming off of a busy weekend. You were just in at uh, Ember Shores, right? In yes. Mexico? Yeah, I was in Cancun. Yeah. How did that go? It was awesome. So this was actually my first DJ set. So um, the first kind of like proper DJ set. um, And I had been just practicing and rehearsing because during the pandemic, I was like, I should really learn how to DJ. I get asked to do kind of like DJ stuff all the time. And Mm -hmm. my my show is, you know, takes so much preparation and, you know, checking nine huge cases of gear and Mm -hmm. taking six guys with me to help yeah (laughs) um so I it's a lot I I was like I feel like I'm missing opportunities and I have to say no to things because it is so much work for me to take my whole rig um Mm -hmm. and sometimes it just doesn't make sense if it's you know a 
a one night kind of like fly-in sort mm-hmm. of thing so so yeah, yeah. It's, it was it was awesome and I'm, I'm excited it was it was really cool that's so awesome yeah I know you you dive into a whole bunch of different things so it must be fun too just to like experiment and test out different different formats and see what feels good to you totally oh my gosh yeah I was um making so much music during the pandemic um Mm -hmm. it was kind of all I had to do you know and you know as artists we don't usually the one thing we never have is time and the one thing we had was so much time over the last Mm -hmm. almost two years which is so weird and I went from like a crazy tour schedule shows every single night and it just stopped and so at first I was like really kind of like went into a bit of a depression which for me usually I'm more on the side of like anxiety and panic disorder but mm-hmm. I was so down and um so it, it has been nice to kind of find these like other avenues and explore amazing yeah I mean especially for you having that much downtime I was going to say like prior to that how often were you at home? You know, at, it's it's hard, right? You're probably always traveling. Always traveling. Yeah. And and if it's not a proper tour, it's like, you know, something every weekend or, you know, maybe you have like mm-hmm. a week at home and you're always kind of like packing for the next trip. Right. Um, and you never really feel settled because you know that even if, you know, you start a tour in a month, it's like, okay, I've got to be prepping and packing and, you know, getting everything. There's so much goes into putting on live shows. So right. yeah, it was, this is definitely the longest amount of time that I've been in my house. <laughs> yeah, I bet. I bet. I mean, it's, it's nice, like in some ways, cause like, I don't know if this happened to you. It kind of made me more like, I love going out. I'll, I'm at four shows probably like the, the next few so weeks cool. at, at Avant Gardner, but uh, it kind of has made me like a little bit of a homebody as well. Like I miss being at home now when I'm traveling, but me too. Um, yeah, yeah, I mean, I, I've been having, every time I do travel now, uh, you know, sometimes are easier than others. And then, you know, some of them, I really like when I went to do Lollapalooza, that was my first show back and mm-hmm. I was doing a headlining show in Chicago, Lollapalooza, 5 PM set time. Like it was amazing. And then yeah. hard summer, um, and then like a bunch of press in between. And it was, I, it felt like my first show, like I had so much anxiety and panic because yeah. for me, home is my safe place. And I had to work really hard to be able to get on an airplane, be around mm-hmm. people, do shows, get on stage and, and actually be comfortable and not like go into these panic fits every time I try to do one of those things mm-hmm. that, you know, could be somewhat easy for someone else. So right. I was, I was very scared actually when the pandemic started because I was like, gosh, I've worked so hard to be able to be out on the road and be comfortable and like functioning this way and, and actually mm-hmm. be thriving. And exactly what I thought would happen and kind of even worse happened. Um, mm-hmm. Cause then I went, you know, to travel and fly and my first flight in a year and a half. And it yeah. definitely all of the like first time anxiety came back for sure. Jeez. Mm-hmm. Well, I hope like, we're going to chat a little bit more later today too, just like how you've worked through all that and helped, helped yourself heal with everything. Cause I'm sure there's a lot of people listening who probably deal with like very similar, um, feelings of anxiety. Yeah. And, and it's, it's amazing that you get on stage and do all these performances. Cause so many people are so happy to see you. So I'm, I'm glad you're working through it. And hopefully next year too, we're, we're back to somewhat of a normal schedule and we'll, we'll have a full year of like shows and festivals, which will feel nice. Yeah. But 
Um, I'd, I'd love to kind of like start back in the beginning and just learn a little bit more uh, about you and your upbringing. And uh, I'm curious if like when you were a kid, were you somebody who was musical or was anybody in your family involved in music as well? Yeah, so my dad was very, very passionate about guitar. Um, and but we I grew up very, very humble beginnings, very, very mm-hmm. humble. And but the one thing my parents always made sure of was that our artistic um you know endeavors and like what we wanted to do as far as art were fulfilled. Um mm-hmm. so you know, we didn't have much of anything, but like the one thing I did have was like piano lessons, you know, and, and who I don't know how much they cost it'd be interesting to know and I don't Mm. think they could have been that much but that was like you know they would save money up so that we could you know because I mean we were living check to check and Mm. um like I always remember going to the grocery store with my mom and going to Trader Joe's and she would be like I'd be like oh can we get this and she'd be like we'll have to wait until um Mm. I get my next paycheck and you know a lot of people do live like that and but the one thing that I, I really admire about my parents is that they, you know, they fed our creativity and our artistic yeah. sides of our brain and made that a very important part of our lives. So yeah, so I mean, there was always music. And at a young age, I think I was five, my brother played guitar. So I was like, I want to play piano. Like it's girly. And so my dad, he worked at a music store and uh they were getting rid of a piano and they said we'll give it to you for a hundred bucks so um I I got that piano it gives me chills because I actually bought the piano back because we had to give it away at one point mm-hmm. um and I actually bought it back a few years ago That's <laughs> so, awesome. yeah it's all like chipped keys and but when I sat down at it for the first time after it's been you know years it was such a I got chills through my whole body and it felt like because I, I spent my whole childhood sitting at this hundred dollar piano wow. um yeah that's amazing. I have to play this back for my mom. My mom's gonna be like, we told you to stay in piano. Oh, I know. It's so funny because I remember all my teachers. Well, I only really had two like very important teachers. And mm-hmm. I remember my teachers would always say, you're so lucky that your parents forced you to practice because that's like, you know, that's the one thing we wish we had growing up was like parents mm-hmm. that forced us to kind of pursue it and practice. But my parents were very adamant. If you wanted to start something, you know, whether it was a sport or an art, you had to go all the way and like get really good at it. You couldn't just like nice. flip flop and try another thing. So it wow. worked. <laughs> I hated wow. it when I was a kid. But. Right. <laughs> <laughs> it's always that way, but that's good. That's amazing that you stuck with it. Yeah. And you got to buy buy that back. That's super special. And so did that sort of like continue into, into high school for you? Like, were you interested in singing at all? Or like, how did that develop for you? Yeah, I, I was and I wasn't like to me it, it wasn't really like cool to play piano in my eyes which just mm-hmm. like I did karate as well and to me like I got my black belt and I quit because it wasn't cool and it's so stupid like right. I wish I had get stuck with it and you know be this crazy crazy ninja right now <laughs> yeah we're adding black belt onto the top of the list there. <laughs> but I was 11 you know like it's yeah. just but they were like once you get your black belt you can quit if you decide to and I never went back the second I got it so, That's so funny yeah. um but now I'm like damn it like I wish that I had stayed doing it um but so I yeah. didn't really think it was cool which is so silly when you look back um but then it sort of became cool because I'd go to like friends' houses and all my friends were really wealthy and I was 
not. And they would have these, you know, magnificent grand pianos at their house. And so the sort of party trick was they would be like, oh, she's going to sit down and play and sing mm. a song for us. And then all of these oh, okay. like wealthy parents would stand around and watch me. And, and I sort of, I think I thrived on that energy. Yeah. And wow. then I, I think I wanted to like keep performing after that. <laughs> Oh, that's so cool. Who were you um, listening to at that time? Who were you into? Um, gosh, I'm trying to think. Well, I, a lot of stuff at home was like the Beatles, Jimi Hendrix. It was just like Steely Dan. <laughs> my parents were always Pink Floyd. My mom's obsessed with Pink Floyd. So it was mm-hmm. like a lot of them playing and a lot of old jazz records and stuff. So for nice. me, and then I studied classical piano. So I'm trying to think like what I loved alternative music, which is funny. Like I love mm. bands like Blink-182 and like Green Day and stuff yep. like that too. Um, but yeah, the, it was a lot of, it was a lot more of like just old jazz music and stuff that I was wow. surrounded by. Nice. It's a nice mix though. That's yeah. a nice mix of influences. <laughs> it's, I always say this, I feel like a lot of, um, ravers or like fans of dance music now were once emo or into alternative oh my music gosh, yes so true <laughs> I loved alternative music like the used and you know bands like yes. that um Thursday <laughs> oh my god wow if it was you know now it's you know electric forest and all these festivals but before that it was warp tour every yeah. single summer oh my gosh <laughs> yeah much. that was yeah. one of my first shows I ever went to was a warp tour in the summer and I was so oh, young nice. I was like in sixth grade <laughs> wow well and it was so nice back then too to see because it was like similar to now with the dance music industry it was like more rare to see like female lead yeah. singers in these bands too so like I was a paramour stan oh my gosh, I yeah. absolutely love Haley, Haley yeah. is incredible it was so nice to see people like that on stage so interesting how it's kind of similar but I just always find that funny I always ask people I'm like you were into alternative music right? <laughs> <laughs> a lot of artists obvious. sample it now too they'll like have these I like know. metal, oh metal singers on their tracks too it's so there's so definitely cool. yeah um <laughs> but no so then when did it enter your realm like that you wanted to potentially be in the music industry is that something you aspired to or did that kind of come down the line later I think it was something I always wanted to do because I was always around music and that kind of like industry and not on the level that I'm, you know, in it now, but Mm -hmm. it was still, you know, like it was a normal thing that my dad's job was, you know, playing guitar, like going and doing like small gigs or whatever. And so to me, it was just, that was normal. No one else's parents that I like grew up with, Mm -hmm. you know, they all had very like, I'm my dad's a doctor and lawyer and this and that you know Mm -hmm. Um, so to me it was like doing music that seems that's normal that's what you do that's what you do when you grow up um so yeah it uh I think I always kind of wanted to be in music and I didn't realize how hard it was obviously until I got into it and it you know Mm -hmm. it's, it's just like continually a struggle but also such a blessing at the same time it's like you know us artists we always talk about how like you know we fly and travel and do all this stuff for like Mm -hmm. one hour on stage (laughs) right but then it makes it all worth it and that's why we keep doing it you know um Mm -hmm. but yeah I think I always always wanted to be in music and then I got a laptop and garage band and started really like experimenting with sampling stuff and more like electronic sounds I remember like an older family friend introduced me to Radiohead 
And those sounds was like, wow, there's beautiful melodies that are easy to follow over this really interesting music Mm -hmm. with very unique sounds. So that was very inspiring to me. And then hearing someone like Bjork singing, you know, also beautiful melodies over really like intricate, crazy music. That was really, really inspiring to me. Wow, that's so cool. Yeah, I mean, I have to ask you too. I'm just curious. What's your nationality? What's your background? Um, we actually just did 23andMe. Oh, no. And um, <laughs> um, I have a lot of actually, um, it's weird because it says Sephardic Jewish, but I always thought that Jewish was a religion. But a lot of times when you get the 23andMe in back it says Mm -hmm. um jewish as sort of like a nationality and sephardic is spain and so i found out i'm from turkey sweden and sephardic jewish what i don't know kind of spain like europe yeah Um, oh that's a cool mix yeah yeah i'm just curious (laughs) because like you have such a yeah like a well-rounded like knowledge of music but also inspiration from all different types of places too so yeah. I'm just curious like where you're from as well so that's a pleasure like your features are stunningly beautiful by the way really oh <laughs> yes. my gosh I'm like what Thank is you. I'm that's trying to figure so out nice. your nationality yeah <laughs> also I think growing up in Los Angeles there was just so like my dad would be going and doing like small blues gigs around LA and the mm-hmm. scene was very different then I feel like there was a much more like music scene where people would actually go out and play around LA Mm-hmm. Um, so I think growing up here too, definitely like influenced, um, how much music was around me and how exposed right. to music I was, which was really cool. Opposed to, you know, growing up in a small town in the middle of nowhere. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, it was, and all the bands that you like, they would all come to LA. So, and my parents were really great with taking these shows all the time and stuff. Mm, yeah, no, that exposure definitely helps for sure yeah. to shape you as an artist. So when did you start to feel like comfortable sharing your music and what you were creating with people like how did you approach those first few tracks you were making it's interesting like when I started the Elohim project um it was kind of the first time I ever wrote about my own anxiety and these things that were going on to me that I thought no one else ever went through and Mm -hmm. the, the first song I put out about anxiety was this song called Xanax and that was that was the second song I ever put out but the first one about like my you know I I talk about throwing up in it um Mm -hmm. and to me these were the most vulnerable and real lyrics I'd ever written in my life and also to me I was like no one's gonna understand them because clearly Mm -hmm. I'm the only person in the world that goes through this and has gone through this since I was you know seven Mm -hmm. and the messages I would get after that one and that one I felt was the one that connected me to so many people all over the world and was sort of like it felt like that really special one because Mm -hmm. you know it's not like it got a ton of streams or anything it was just I think the most meaningful song to people because I think for a lot of you know kids out there it was like the first time they're hearing lyrics about someone saying like I'm I'm like throwing up outside my car before I even get inside because you're so anxious to go somewhere Mm -hmm. um So yeah, I think I was like, I'm going to put out this song, but this is kind of crazy and no one's Mm -hmm. really going to relate to it. And it was the actual opposite. And I didn't intend for this project to be so involved in, you know, mental health awareness, but I became so aware once I put that song out that Mm -hmm. 
there are so many people hurting out there and so many people feeling completely alone. And I just had no idea. I was totally oblivious to it Mm -hmm. and going through my own struggles alone. Um, So that sort of the reaction to that song, it's again, it didn't go viral or anything. It wasn't like this huge phenomenon at all, but the, the amount of like real messages that I received from it and uh, it, it really inspired me to keep writing about that. And so then I just felt more comfortable sharing what I was going through because I knew there was a need for it. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah, I can't even imagine the amount of responses you p- probably get. And you yeah. just have to think too, like I know we can say what we want about social media, like having negative side effects on people, but on the exact like flip side, the connection like you're able to form with your fans around the world. And I know you have like, you've built out your website as well too. So you can get like feedback. Yeah um, from people, but that must've been an incredible feeling though, to know like you're not alone and people are like resonating with what you're saying. Yeah. I mean, people always, you know, at shows, even though it's been a while, um, (laughs) people, well, I guess not. I mean, even this weekend I was DJing and then afterwards a girl came up to me, beautiful with purple hair. And she came up to me and she started crying and Mm. she was like, your music has changed my life. Like this was the first time that I ever felt understood and not alone and 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 then another girl came up to me and she was like if you haven't heard this today like you're here for a reason and you've helped so many mm-hmm. people and I needed it so badly because over these last couple of years just being you know at home I've been going crazy in my own right. head and thinking like what am I doing with my life like is this ever going to be back to normal you know and I know I have mm-hmm. so many friends who are artists and we're we're all kind of going through that right now right. Um, because it's just it's tough not going out and doing shows <laughs> Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. but yeah I don't know if I even answered the question <laughs> no no that was perfect that was perfect yeah I mean it's ha- have you felt like by how have you healed through like sharing your message with people and like you said being vulnerable and writing about your experiences like how has that helped you work through things oh yeah that's what I was gonna say um so people at shows will come up to me and like you saved me you know you life saved me but to me like I feel like I have a million times over been saved by you know the audience and the listeners because and the conversation like I was completely alone my entire life and I've suffered Mm -hmm. from this since I was seven and you know I've gone to extensive trauma therapy and um I take medication and I've worked so hard but it's like now I have this full-on community of people that at any moment no matter what time of the day is you know we can get on whether it's like discord or Instagram or whatever, it's like, we, we Mm -hmm. all have this place where we can go and not feel alone and they've all become friends. And so it's like, you know, they'll meet up at shows and it's just all of a sudden, you know, we have this group of people that understand what we're going through and, you know, feeling, feeling not alone is such a huge part of like healing and Mm -hmm. we're not even healing for me. It's like, I try to heal, but I don't know that I'll ever be healed necessarily. It's kind of sure. something, it's sort of more figuring out how to function in the world and mm-hmm. kind of like get through this. Life is crazy. Life is insane. When you really think about it, like a human can make another human. Like right. it's just, it's all so weird. <laughs> yeah. And if you, if you go there, it's like, what are we? <laughs> We're in a simulation. Yeah. <laughs> For sure. And especially the last couple of years have been yeah. just like, oh my gosh. And then trying being in your own house and then I start feeling like I'm like agoraphobic and I don't want to leave and then I'm in an mm. airport and I'm like who are all these people you know <laughs> right 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 so yeah, yeah. yeah but really having a community has been life-changing and life-saving for me for sure 
Oh, that's so special. Yeah. yeah. Oof, I, I knew I was going to have like a really deep conversation with you, but I'm like already feeling like people are going to really resonate with this when they hear. And my mom will always say to me too, um, cause I definitely am. I'm more of like an overwhelmed, like anxiety prone person as yeah. well. And she'll always say to me, like, when have you not like gotten through your list? Yeah. Like, when have you not, you know, this happens over and over again and you always find a way you always find the time. Like you just need to remind yourself that like you've yeah. been through this before and you're going to get through it again. And I'm always like, okay, she's right. It's, I know she's it's right. So but- true. I have to tell myself that too. And, and I mm-hmm. give that advice to other people too. And they're like, I'm going through this and you know, I'm having an episode and it's mm-hmm. like, just remember all the other times you've had episodes, no matter how bad they are, right. like you always get through them, you know? And sometimes I always say you have to go through it to get through it because, you know, you sometimes you have your body like feels like it needs to purge or whatever and get out mm. whatever you're going through. Um, so yeah, it's, but it's funny because not, not funny, but no matter how yeah. many times someone can say you're going to be okay, like once you get to the other side, you're going to get to the other side. Mm-hmm. But um when you're in it, it's just like, there's nothing that can really yep. get you out of it. And sometimes you really do just have to like go through it. Yes. Yeah. Oh, definitely. Definitely. And I mean, when it comes, <laughs> when it comes to the performances too, how do you approach everything like now versus when you were, when you were first getting started, has your process changed at all? Or do you have totally. different routine that you do to make you prepare? Yeah. So I really had to kind of go through trial and error of like okay what is causing me to have my most freak out before you know going on stage or whatever Mm -hmm. um and something I realized was having people around me so now I go invisible before a show and my crew knows this and when I go invisible it means I'm not here don't talk to me because if Mm -hmm. I try to speak like I potentially throw up and like Mm -hmm. And so I just cannot have anyone around me before going on stage. I have to be totally alone. And, you know, it's tough too, because sometimes you're at shows, like when I was doing the headlining show for Lala um, this past summer, Mm -hmm. it was tough because there were so many people in the backstage area, even though it was my headlining show and it just sent me and it was my first Mm -hmm. show back in two years. And I was like, and so the next day I did Lollapalooza and I was like, all right, I need to be completely alone in my green room. And yep. it's not in a bitch way at all. Or yeah. like, uh, oh, I'm too good. It's not at all. It's like, I'm going to freak out if I'm not alone. Mm-hmm. So then the next day, Lollapalooza, I, I was like, I need to be alone. So I was alone in my trailer before going on stage. And I had the best show ever. And I didn't throw up. And I was like feeling amazing. So awesome. Yeah. So I just had to figure out like kind of what worked for me. And yeah, I think that's really important, especially um, actually a friend of my agent's sister she got married recently and she was mm-hmm. having really bad anxiety so I got her number from her brother and I texted her and I was like I'm here for you whatever mm-hmm. you need text me and I was like make sure when you you know if you're starting to feel like you're going to that anxious place take time for yourself go sit in the bathroom the bathroom is like always my safe place even if I'm mm-hmm. at a venue or something and there's no green room or at a festival like I'll go sit in the bathroom and just like sit on the toilet and not even going to the bathroom just sitting there because that's mm-hmm. like the one place I can be really safe. And yeah. um, so I, I, I kind of gave her that advice for her wedding day and yours yeah, is coming up. <laughs> I'm going to remind myself to breathe, breathe a lot. Yeah. <laughs> and like, if you start to get, cause that was something I realized like with my anxiety was like, if I start to get too um, like overstimulated, I need mm. to, 
I need to just like center myself and be alone and just close my eyes or whatever. But being like being alone was very, 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 very important. And she said it saved her on the day. And it was, oh, that's so nice. (laughs) That's so nice of you to be there for her like that too. Yeah. (laughs) That's an overwhelming situation. But I mean, I love when there are moments too, like in, in crowds or even in this like culture, I've had interactions with people like, you know, f- have people have festival totems. And I remember looking up one time and somebody just wrote like fuck anxiety on Aww. their totem. And I was like, that's just such a beautiful message for people to read. And that's so awesome. a girl um, traded me candy at like a meetup that said, she was like, I know you get anxiety. And it just said, just breathe on the candy. Aww. I was like, that was the nicest thing. <laughs> She's so like, just look sweet. at it. Any, anytime you need it this weekend. I was like, that's really awesome. That's the thing with especially at Electric Forest. I remember that was one of my favorite shows Mm -hmm. I've ever done actually. And it was in 2018. So we still had the two shows or Mm -hmm. the two weekends. Um, Those are some of the best shows I've ever done in the crowd there. And I really realized like the electronic community, there's so much love and Mm -hmm. empathy, which is a really beautiful and very rare thing, I think in this world. So it's cool. Yeah, no, it just people just come together and it's nice to see people helping each other out as well. And like kind of knowing what you need without like, really realizing it but exactly um, from the fans perspective when if they're in the crowd at Lollapalooza or another show that you have coming up like what can they expect from your live performances it is a journey for sure there are high moments there are emotional moments it's very very visual um since day one I've always wanted my show to be a visual and audio experience um Mm -hmm. So I, I rework a lot of the songs. I give it my all, so much energy. I have now, it's so funny when I watch old shows from the very beginning, I, my hair is over my face and I have a right. hood and <laughs> I'm just staying there really shy. And now I'm just like running around and it's, yeah. you know, this <laughs> madness. Um, but it's really, I think too, the, the main takeaway is community and the camaraderie and community and understanding and empathy within the crowd. When I was on my tour Mm -hmm. that was unfortunately canceled because of COVID, it was the first time I was selling out my headlining shows. And Mm -hmm. uh, I would have people at the venues coming up to me, people just working at the venue, didn't even know who I was coming up to me after like, I've never seen anything like this, like the crowd. And it's not the way that they were, um, you know, like so excited to be there for me at all. It Mm -hmm. was, it was the community and the kindness and, you know, it made me really proud that, you know, these are the types of people and my shows, I've definitely opened for people and it's been like the opposite where the crowd right. is just like mean, yep. you know, nasty people. And so it made me feel really, really proud. That's good. People attract good vibes. Yeah. So you're attracting the right tribe with your music. <laughs> yeah. You're doing something right. Yay. So, oh, that's so cool. I, I, I can't wait to get out to like one of your shows or performances. Aww. So I'm, I'm yeah. stoked. Whenever, wait, where are you by the way? I'm in New Jersey, but most okay, of the shows I, I do in New York. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, next time I'm there, I Hell, want you to yes. come to the show and be my guest. Oh, that'd be so cool. Yeah. yeah. And I do, I wanted to ask you too, because I know like you just um, directed Alice in Wonderland's yeah. music video, Fuck You, Love You. How was that whole experience? It was so awesome. So this is my first time, my directorial debut. Mm-hmm. Um, I, like I was saying, like I am obsessed with visuals and since day one of Elohim, like I've always wanted the visual side of it to be elevated and on a really special artistic level. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, it's because I went that route, a lot of artists were kind of drawn to my project and, um, 
and that's been really cool to like to you know meet all these artists who are way bigger than me and they're you know fans of my art and Mm -hmm. and the integrity behind my art um and so Allison uh she's my best friend but Mm -hmm. like you know originally we became friends because we toured together and you know she was a fan and she wanted me to go on tour with her and um so so yeah so now we're super close I mean I'm her dog is here with me right now powerhouse (laughs) um but so so anyway so uh you know she was like I want you to do this I was like really like I would love the opportunity to do this because I love visuals I love directing and you know coming up with ideas so so yeah it was really great and she just trusts me so she was like I trust you and So for me, it's like I'm obsessed with going on Pinterest and making boards. And so I, you know, nice. picked all the the design creative and it was so cool. And I had my partner, Chase Black, who he does all of my visuals as well. So we um, worked on it together, which was so cool. And, you know, there's there's just there's a friendship there, too, which is really mm-hmm. awesome. And and the trust is really beautiful. And um, I feel so lucky and honored that you know people trust my vision and trust me with their art because you know to all of us artists it's like our baby (laughs) yeah for sure no and that's like such a powerful collaboration as well and I absolutely love the song I think it came out so so good so yeah everybody can go check that out too I'm pretty sure that's all that's all up already. So we'll definitely include yeah. links so everyone can see it. And you have a baby coming out as well. You have yes. an EP dropping <laughs> called Don't Kick Me. We got to talk about it. Okay, How did so, it all come together? <laughs> okay. So it's like a, it's a four part series basically. So this will be the third installation, installment installation. Mm-hmm. And then the fourth one is going to come out. I've just decided to put it out on my birthday next Ooh. year, March 17th. Um, Amazing. Are you Pisces? I am. I'm such a Pisces. Yeah, I'm Pisces too. You are? Pisces fam. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I am like through and through. When's your birthday? Uh, I'm right on the cusp. I'm February 21st. So oh I'm like a, two days into it, I think. Yeah. Amazing. So you're Pisces. Oh, that's awesome. All the Pisces, artists are Pisces. Pisces. Yeah. I just um, interviewed. Yes. Yeah. Monday nostalgics and she's also a Pisces as well oh cool <laughs> oh my gosh yeah I'm uh, Allison actually always laughs she's always like you're such a Pisces right. everything I do. <laughs> I'm just like so emotional um, yeah, it's but, like how many times did I cry this week oh let's I just know. check it <laughs> I know it's so wild yeah. um wait what was the question I <laughs> know I'm like I distracted myself to, oh, oh, the EP. oh the EP the EP yeah. okay so it's a four-part series journey to the center of myself and it kind of became this over the pandemic like I had had an album done when I was touring but then the pandemic hit and I was like I'm just gonna make so much music right now and I did make so much and so the one coming out is sort of the darker side of this journey to the center of myself like I wrote a song about going through a best friend breakup which was really really hard for me and I had never written about it or talked about it and um I you know I didn't talk to her for three years and it was really really hard for me mm-hmm. um and so I wrote a song about that and then I wrote about growing up with kind of nothing and that's a song called pyramid and um but like making something out of nothing kind of mm-hmm. um and yeah so this one part three is uh and then there's a song don't kick me it's you know there it's sort of a a little bit of the darker one and then part four which I'm planning to do on my birthday next year I produced 
in total isolation in my bedroom during the pandemic completely alone so that one I'm like freaking out so excited for but yeah this one comes out this week which is so wild um I'm very excited oh I can't wait to see everybody's response to it it's probably (laughs) such a good feeling to get it it out there as well that's the best feeling because for me it's like I made the music so long by by the time music comes out you know you sat with it so much you've gone through the mixing process the mastering process and like mm-hmm. heard it a trillion times so I find like a new love for the music once it's out because you see it through other people's eyes and ears who haven't heard it ever so yeah. that's kind of like the best feeling ever oh that's so cool. I mean you're so used to it now because you've been doing this for a while but with like your family or since you're writing about your experiences and then probably people like close to you, what was their like reaction in the beginning when they started to hear these lyrics, like about your life that you're sharing? So my parents were very um, understanding, I would say like, cause I think it was more the like, wow, I didn't realize that you suffered that bad. And then mm-hmm. part two of it was, wow, I didn't realize that other people went through what you were going through because mm-hmm. so often, like when you're, young and you're going through these severe panic attacks Mm -hmm. a lot of times parents they don't know you know either it's like oh you're my kid so like there's no way you have that I don't have it you know Mm -hmm. or like you're being dramatic and stuff like that and and I know so many so many people have come to me and said because of you I told my parents that I have depression or anxiety or panic disorder or I because of you I told my parents I need therapy and Mm-hmm. I wish that when I was, you know, that age, early, early teens that like I had, you know, somebody influencing me to do that. And that I had the guts to go to my parents right. and say, I think I need therapy, but that right. didn't even cross my mind because it was just like, oh, she's like dramatic. Oh, she's like, you know, attached to her, you know, she just has like mm-hmm. attachment issues or whatever, you know? And, um, so it was very, it was really cool because I think they understand me more and seeing that there's a whole world out there that also is struggling mm-hmm. with this. It was like, Oh, it like, I guess it validated, you know, what I went through and right. And, uh, uh, you know, other kids have said that too. It's like, you know, my parents never believed me, but so I showed them your videos and your music and mm-hmm. you talking through this and, and it, you know, they, they understand me more because of that, which was really cool. So, so yeah, yeah. I think they understood me more, which was cool. I was just going to say, it's a deeper understanding of, their child and probably a different level of closeness too. Yeah. Hearing I'm, it sure in they, I'm sure they felt, you know, feelings of guilt as well. Like, gosh, I wish that we had seen this. Um, mm-hmm. But it's, it's cool. It's good to yeah. be able to recognize it now. Yeah, no. And thank you're helping so many people. Thank you for sharing that. Like you're genuinely inspiring me to like be more open with Aww. things. <laughs> I think, I mean, the one thing about Gen Z and like some of the younger generation is I feel like they're very woke about like therapy and things like this because it's spoken about way more often um, than definitely used to be or like when we were in high school or middle school and things like that. So I hope- Even just the LGBTQ plus community, Mm -hmm. you know, that openness in in the, you know, the younger generation right now is so beautiful because I mean- yeah, it's just, it, yeah, it's, it's so beautiful. <laughs> the wokeness is good. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I have to use their terminology. Um, I have just a couple more questions here before I okay, let you cool. go, but uh, looking forward to 2022, like what, what is on the horizon for you? You're going to have part four coming out, but um, mm-hmm. shows anything else coming up? Yeah, I have some really cool collaborations. I'm, I would say, but I'm not going to just in mm-hmm. case they don't want me to say like the yeah. other 
the collaborator collaborator yeah <laughs> but very cool collaboration um and working on some right now and my yeah journey to the center of myself part four coming on my birthday I'm so excited about because that was it's the most special piece of art and it feels like a piece of art there's not going to be any singles off of it a lot of it is instrumental actually um and it's definitely one of those things that you want to listen to from start to finish so that's Mm. like one of the most proud pieces I've ever made because I did it totally alone and I even listen to it now I'm like I don't even know how did I do this I feel like I blacked out the whole experience (laughs) because it was like in the thick of the pandemic like early days Mm -hmm. and I remember like I would we'd be in masks and I would I'd finish one I'd be like okay I want to mix it right away and so my mixing engineer I'd be like meet me at the studio in San Monica right (laughs) and he would and we'd be like masked up (laughs) taking COVID (laughs) you know we are really genuine we are really going to look at this and like 30, 40 years from now. And it's just gonna be like simulation. So (laughs) yeah, it is kind of cool to have these like moments frozen in time though. I feel that way about YouTube. I'm like, I have some YouTube videos on my channel. (laughs) It's just a weird time to be alive. (laughs) Yeah, it's it's very, very weird. Um, And then I'm I'm doing ultra and then hopefully a bunch more shows. It's, you know, a lot of the festivals are still making up for 2020 so Mm -hmm. it's just it's difficult because I did all the festivals 2018 2019 those were like my big festival years Coachella Electric Forest Bonnaroo like Mm. um you know hangout fest like all of those I did all of those and then now Coachella this year is still making up for 2020 which is like so crazy so a lot of the festival stuff for me probably won't be until 2023 because so many of the festivals are because like it pandemic hit like March 13th is when I flew home and then Mm. most of the festivals are within like starting then till like end of summer so um and even through the fall so yeah so they're still making up for 2020 which is just bizarre I know I I remember people saying that like in 2020 they were like live events industry probably 23 will be a little bit more like that's when it'll probably like really really be in full swing again and I was at the time I was like I can't wait that long (laughs) I know in my mind I remember my brother as soon as stuff got shut down he was like it's going to be at least two years and I was like there's no way and I said to my (laughs) friend I was like they'll never cancel Coachella yeah yeah. (laughs) and now Coachella hasn't happened for two years straight which is so wild I literally said because Electric Forest just announced their lineup and it was supposed to be my first time in 2019 I was like I've literally I've gone into my 30s in the time that this festival oh my gosh (laughs) I bought it at 28 I will be 31 by the time the festival comes back that's so weird well, yeah. I was thinking too, some people were um, in high school when the pandemic started. Yeah, no, I know. <laughs> it's, it's so wild. It is so bizarre. But uh, my last like little speed round I have here, because this episode I believe is going to be coming out next week. And um, at the end of every year, I do like a best of dance music where I like recap cool. what 2021 like represented. Mm-hmm. So I'd love to get your hot takes okay. here. Uh, so who you can name more than one, but favorite artists of 2021. Okay. So Jacques Green, I became such a big fan of him and he actually did a remix of my song. I'm lost. And it's so freaking good. Like I listen to it so much. I don't even relate it to being my own song. Um, so Jacques Green, I'm obsessed with Alice Wonderland is amazing. And she keeps putting out really, you know, meaningful art and she Mm -hmm. has an album coming out next year. That's insane. Um, and then, uh, yeah, I'll say those two. 
Perfect. Okay. Favorite <laughs> album release. I have to say my project journey to the center myself. Volume one, two, and now three. Yeah. <laughs> Perfect. Okay. Favorite track of the year. Um, okay. So I discovered because I started DJing, I've discovered so much more music. Cause I realized the sort mm-hmm. of the thing with DJing is that you always have to constantly be finding new music. Um, mm-hmm. And so I randomly found this song called Joy. I think it's pronounced Joy, J-O-I by Funkin' Matt. And it is mm-hmm. so good. And I put it in my DJ set and it's amazing. Okay. I love Funkin' Matt. So I'm gonna have to look that up. Oh, you heard of that? <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh. Okay. Amazing. I was like, I don't know who this is, but this is insane. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. We're gonna look, I'm going to probably put this in the list so everyone can, can yes. find new music. Um, any favorite collaborations the past year? So the favorite collaboration is Nitty Gritty and Martin Horn and it's a song called want you and I've been like obsessively texting Ricky nitty gritty being like this song has been in my head for a week (laughs) can we please make a song he's like of course I'm like sending him acapellas to the morning (laughs) oh my god that that would blow my mind that's gonna be on the I hope it happens (laughs) yes I hope so but yeah he's super nice such a nice guy I met him actually at the uh Alice in Wonderland uh Red Rock show and he's just like so sweet that's so cool. Okay. We're excited about that. And then last two favorite label of the year. Um, I'm not like the hugest fan of labels, but um, XL and Ninja Tune just kind of like, they seem like top tier labels that always, you know, they're, they're very much about the art, which is cool mm-hmm. in my eyes. I think they would be like too cool to, for school to like if I ever saw the people in a room yeah. <laughs> they're like almost too cool um mm. but but they consistently put out like really artistic music which is cool hell yes okay and then favorite put some people on our radar favorite new or emerging artists this year um well new as in like I only found out about mind chatter this year mm. and I'm obsessed um, and then Fred again also found out about this year and he's so good too. Um, but yeah, mind chatter I'm obsessed with. Um, have you listened to them at all? I don't think I have. I'm oh my gosh, okay, that's great. So good. You have to check them out. Um, I, yeah, I just, I've been discovering so much music just from putting together DJ sets, mm-hmm. um, which has been so cool and now I understand why like DJs know so much music yeah right it's ridiculous because <laughs> you, you have to and like you need to just have so much music um so yeah that's been really really like probably the coolest part about um learning how to DJ was just finding out so much great electronic music that's out there mm-hmm. oh, okay I can't wait to put this list together <laughs> and I'm so seriously like all the success coming your way is so well deserved and I can't oh. wait to hear the music and yeah I have a playlist new music Friday I do every Friday so oh sick EP's going right in that of course of course um Elohim thank you so much for your time today I really appreciate it everyone go thank show you. love and support and uh yeah hang tight I'll be back with some EDM news Thank you so much. Alrighty, you guys. I really, really hope you enjoyed that interview with Elohim again. This is so cool. It was so fucking cool meeting her. I think she's incredible. I cannot wait to see her live. Um, But I just 
really, really respect her a lot and really appreciate the message that she's sharing. Uh, it's amazing that she speaks so openly about mental health. It's so cool, the connection that she has with her fans. It's really important to talk about. So like the fact that she got to come on this platform and speak to me and get to meet you guys and everything like it's really really cool and I it was a pinch me moment for me so I'm so excited to finally share this episode with you um but again go stream her new EP check her out live all her links will be down below if you want to check her out um with all that being said let's dive into some news because I've got a couple announcements here so First and foremost, uh, there was an announcement that the Zook Group in Las Vegas uh, just booked a Dead Mouse residency. It's a Cube residency, actually. So he's going to be bringing the Cube, the whole thing, the whole performance. Um, and Zook is a newer nightclub that's in Vegas. So um, it says the club is a 36,000 square foot space, all with LED technology. Um, I think this play- this is in the new uh, nightclub there. I mean, the new um, hotel because it's called Resorts World is the new space that they built, a new casino. So anyway, um, definitely check that out. Let me see when it starts because, oh, yeah, it kicks off January 5th, 2022. So if you guys want to go see Dead Mouse, you'll be able to see him in Vegas. Um, we have a lineup announcement. So Perucaville has slowly been dripping some of the artists that are going to be playing next year. Um, the festival is July 22nd through the 24th. Um, and I believe they've, you know, a lot of the festivals in Europe haven't been able to happen the last few years. So hopefully, fingers crossed, everything goes well. Um, but they've already announced Armin Van Buren, Fisher, Yellow Claw, Nervo, Purple, Di- Purple Disco Machine, to name a few. Um, we also had some news. Oh, yeah. Forbidden Kingdom. I'm not sure if I mentioned this last week, but Forbidden Kingdom was officially announced uh, and the dates are going to be May 6th and 7th and it is going to be back in Orlando again. So my base heads, you guys can get on that. Um, we also have a Brownies and Lemonades spring break, which is going to be happening in Puerto Vallarta, Mexico. Uh, this is a pollen event. So you guys know they are, they're doing a lot of these like trips and excursions um, in the Caribbean. So they already announced that they're going to have Alice in Wonderland, Louis the Child, R.L. Grime. Uh, and then you'll also have Dombreski, Peekaboo, Dr. Fresh, Wax Motif, Sunburn, to name a few. Uh, a lot a lot of like the brownies and lemonade, lemonades artists that you guys know and love. Um, and then we also have a lineup from Hangout Music Festival. So we haven't had Hangout in a while, too, because it was also canceled the last two years. So um, Hangout happens right on the beach. I believe it's in Alabama. And this is going to be May 20th to the 22nd. This is an all genre festival. So you guys are going to get rap, rock, dance music, country. Like it's, it kind of reminds me of like a Governor Ball, Governor's Ball or Lollapalooza festival. Um, but headliners are Post Malone, Fall Out Boy, Kane Brown, Zed, uh, Halsey, Doja Cat, Elenium. You've got Tame Impala, Megan the Stallion, Louis the Child, uh, and a bunch of other artists. So you've got that going on as well. Um, I also saw on EDM.com, we did have an announcement that a bunch of Elements Festival attendees did file a class action lawsuit against the music festival seeking $5 million in damages. So we've spoken about this on the festival. We all know what happened. Um, Elements Festival had a lot of issues with the weather this year. Um, The event was taking place over Labor Day weekend, and it led to people waiting for 
hours on end. Uh, it wasn't really um, safe situation. I believe they didn't have like, you know, roads that emergency vehicles could get in and out of. And there was f- food and water like people weren't prepared to be waiting that long. And it was like not a good situation. So there was officially a lawsuit filed against the festival. Um, I know that Elements is going to be switching locations next year and they're trying to address all of the issues that they had this year. So hopefully everything goes well at the next event. They're also moving it up to August I believe it's in mid-August next year so that's everything that's going on with that and then unfortunately I have some very sad news um, which was really hard to hear on Friday Uh, Charles the first who is an electronic artist unfortunately passed away at the age of 25 years old I do not believe that we have a cause of death yet but I do know that he was found um, I believe in a hotel room So that was really, really hard to hear. I'm so sorry to any of the fans listening, friends, family who were touched by him and his life and his music. It's incredibly sad to to lose somebody that young who is so talented. So um, my heart is with you guys. I'm so sorry that you guys are going through that Um, and like respect to his family and friends right now who need privacy. So um, sorry to share that news, but that was really, really hard to hear. I know the whole electronic music scene re- reacted to that this past Friday. So we want to send our condolences out to them. Um, and I think that's all I have for you guys. The only other thing I saw too, we had, um, I don't know, believe it's officially confirmed yet, but there are reports from major news outlets that Travis Scott was removed from the Coachella lineup. Um, he was on the original one, I think back in 2020, uh, but obviously with everything that happened with World, I believe he's being dropped from a lot of things. Um, other than that, at the time I'm recording this, the Buku lineup is not out today. I'm recording on Monday the 13th. However, I believe it's dropping tomorrow. So go check it out. It's already out by the time you guys are hearing this. Um, it's a really cool festival. So I'm excited for them and I can't wait to see what they have. But with all that being said, you guys, we've made it to the end of the episode. Uh, thank you again so, so much for being here. Uh, here's a couple quick things you can do if you are enjoying Rave Culture Cast. You can always connect with us online at Rave Culture Cast on Instagram, Twitter. We're on TikTok. We are on YouTube. If you want to check out the full episodes on the videos on video and we have highlights as well. Um, we have an incredible Facebook group community with over 700 members. We've got a Discord channel. So there are a million ways to connect with us. But what would be a huge, huge help is if you would share a link with a friend today Make this your Instagram stories. Tell somebody about it. All of the things. Um, Yeah, word of mouth is how we get this podcast out there. So thank you guys so much. Go show Elohim some love, support, stream her music, tag her, tell her Rave Culture Cast sent you over there. Um, And thank you so much for being here. I hope you all have an incredible week. And next week, we're going to be back with another amazing interview. So I'll see you guys then. Bye, guys. Bye.